Hello listener, Matt here. Support Ben, read his ramblings, or find further notes on this show at securitized.com, spelled S-E-C-U-R-I-T-Y-Z-E-D.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Raphael Fiedler. And this week, we are going to talk about the man that I know as Bruce Willis. <laughs> my f- what? My, what was that? My first Air Force assignment after the academy was osan air base in korea and uh we got a mix of satellite tv feeds and um that's pretty much all i did for my job is sit and watch television and um we would to the air force we would get these advertisements for star uh the star tv channel which Mm -hmm. was the, the satellite tv at the at the time and uh, it was very interesting because most of the films were being offered in English with uh, often the Hangul uh, subtitles, but the trailers and ads were all in Korean. So I, I didn't, I still don't speak Korean. I know no Korean, but there would be a whole bunch of Bruce Willis. And, <laughs> and I, you know, that, and they love Die Hard, man. They love them some Die Hard. So. I uh, still was... have never seen Die Hard. I'm 47 years old. I'm from the generation <laughs> that, that adores Die Hard, and I have never. I'm sorry, Matt. Matt, I'm going to kick you off this episode. Cool. You're gonna, See ya. Your, right. your assignment <laughs> is to go and watch Die and Hard eight I, times. I, I knew that how that would the, get under your skin. How the fuck can anyone not watch that? Do you, do you not understand what a cultural touchstone that is? I mean, forget the movie oh, itself. I do. Yeah, no, I, I completely get all the cultural uh, uh, significance that it has. Yes, I, I, I get all that. I just have never I've never seen that. I've never seen The Godfather. I haven't. Uh, there's a bunch of those classics that I've never seen. Now, to, to be fair, I've seen Why am I friends others. with you. I think that I've been asking that question for years now. <laughs> oh. It's just different qualities. No, 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 no. But Ben, so ben just to make seen... make this clear, I've seen both. I've seen Godfather. I've seen Die Hard. So. Well, good for you, Rafti. I'm going to make you an honorary American, and, and send him a gun. And, and I'm <laughs> not just one. Um, yeah. This will probably be more illegal than sending like uh, a, a bottle of bourbon. The bourbon, yeah. <laughs> which is not illegal, of course, but of course, very expensive. This is it's, yeah, difficult. Yes, we discussed yes. troublesome, troublesome. Uh, all right, so why are we talking about my man Bruce here? Um, we had done uh, a couple of months back an episode about uh, deep fakes, mm-hmm. and um, in the subsequent, you know, uh, ephemera of our web browsing, we'd come to learn that that Mr. Willis had licensed his likeness to uh, a Russian advertising company to promote, I think, from from what I can gather, some form of alcohol, and. Recently, Matt stumbled across an article that said, no, in fact, he did not license his likeness. Matt, you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and give us the, the rundown of, of what we're talking about here? 
Yeah. So, um, and it was a cell phone service company, I think, in Russia. Uh, oh, okay. I'm I, I sorry. I don't think it was alcohol, but it's it's difficult to make it out because it's all in Russian, of course. Um, but yeah, uh, the company is called Deep Cake, um, and apparently, Deep Cake. Yeah, Deep Cake, C A K E, instead of Deep the Cake is a lie. Yes. Okay, so go ahead. Portal reference. I, do, I, I did play Portal. Okay, good. Finally, you're still quasi-American. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, it, it was two really conflicting and confusing stories that came out about a week apart from each other. Um, the first one being that Bruce Willis had had licensed his uh, likeness, basically the digital rights to his face, to so that anyone could... Um, use him as an actor as long as they paid the licensing fees and they could insert him as an actor into a you know an ad or a, a show of some sort or something like that uh, about a week later uh it comes out no he did not actually license his likeness it was used and it was used with permission but it wasn't like turned into some permanent license and that was the story that just came out mo most recently so yeah all of the technology was being uh, employed and used with his permission and i assume that he got some sort of a payment uh, for all this, but the 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 company did not like keep this master mold of his face, so they could keep using it over and over again necessarily. So that was what kind of kicked it all off, um, and and led to me start doing some more research. and And I I shared the link I think with both of you all, of the um the 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 ad itself. And it's a it, it's it's all in Russian. I don't understand it. Although ostensibly I used to know Russian. You know, um, you know what's funny is like you, uh, I studied Russian at the academy, and I was able to pick up just enough parts of it, like you know, shto, uh, you know, eta, you know, what. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and a word on the thing that they're strapped to is bomba. Yes. yes. So, yes, so obviously <laughs> the characters are strapped to a bomb with a countdown timer. That was right. fairly obvious, even without the Cyrillic alphabet and being yeah. able to read it. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy that he's strapped to the bomb with uh, uh, flips his shoe off and uses his toe and makes a call to someone, some young girl. I don't know. Maybe answers a call. Oh, answers okay. a call. Answers a call. And then somehow From the bomb. His daughter, I think, okay. because okay. I think it says, you know, daughter on it, basically. <laughs> and, uh, but anyways, all that to say, so Bruce Willis is in, the, in in this ad. Bruce Willis himself did not actually go on set anywhere. He just gave permission for his likeness to be used, and it was it's actually a really good deep fake. Uh, I Rafi, was impressed. What you what you think of the likeness? Did did you did you think it was Bruce? Mm, I think uh, it was a little bit off. Um, <clears throat> I think he also got some de aging. He looked younger than he looked like ten. Yeah, I was, it was like ten years ago, Bruce. Right. Right. Like yeah. Was the mold from 10 years ago? This I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, the article said something about they used 30 some thousand or 300,000 images of, of Bruce mm -hmm. Willis to, to, to generate this. And so, yeah. Of okay. course, like with le less crinkles, um, like what is uncanny often is um, how facial expressions are like not totally correct. And with less detail in the face, um, facial expressions maybe become easier as well. So young faces might be easier than older ones because they have less character, I would say. Interesting. <laughs> See, now, I thought it was a really good likeness. The character did look a lot younger, thinner, yeah. and a bit taller, I think, than... than How could Bruce you tell how tall he was? Because he was uh, sitting. 
He was uh, taller even sitting than the uh, other character that he was sitting with. Uh, oh, okay. At, at least at least to my untrained eye. I, I did think it looked very much like him. And, and I think you pointed out in your message to us, it avoids the uncanny valley. It, I think they just put the face over another actor model. Is, is mm. that kind of the idea? I think so, yeah. It, so they it map seemed... Yeah, it looked it looked really good. It did, you didn't see the blurring around the edge of the face. You didn't see mm -hmm. a lot of the fuzziness that you see in some movies. And there was no staggering. There was no, you know, you didn't have any clipping of the of the pixels from one frame to the next. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's I thought true. it was it was really uh, re really well done. Now, I mean, all that being said, part of the reason that the uncanny valley is so obvious to humans and the uncanny valley being uh, how 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 easily humans are able to tell when um, a character or or something is, isn't real, uh, particularly other humans, you can tell really easily in a video game, for instance, or if someone uses something like that in a movie, um, the, this phenomenon called the uncanny valley is that that little bit that's just wrong enough. So if it's a still image, it's really hard to tell that it's fake. But once they start moving, talking, uh, doing the, the the usual human things with their faces, all of a sudden it becomes super obvious. And this did not have that, at least as much as I could, uh, as far as I could tell. Mm -hmm. Part of this, of course, is like the desynchronization of video and um, audio. Um, this helps, of course, and maybe the translation to Russian helps there as well. If they're <laughs> used to dubbed, um, watching stuff that is dubbed over, um, so some other person speaking. Um, we, of course, in the German area have this a lot, mm -hmm. uh, where, where uh, English originals are then like translated over and mm -hmm. some German speaks over the, the uh, like characters. Right. So the voice um, and, the, and, and the mouth don't sync up. Exactly. They don't. And uh, usually they redo some of the sound as well and stuff, which makes for a weird watching experience. I can tell you. And I, I went, as, as soon as I was old enough to watch the stuff in, in English, I started doing that because it's so weird when you see and this is partly uncanny as well when you see the mouth move and the pe the person not speaking or the other way around <laughs> it's it's weird um but that's, you that's get actually desensitized old, to this that's an old that's trope in american humor uh especially with the the chop saki movies that were uh, uh, Kung movies. yes yeah and, and uh uh we recently rewatched uh kung pao uh, Enter the Fist. Uh, oh, is that the Danny McBride one? Yeah, no, no, it's the um, oh, what's the guy's name? I forget the name of the the fellow who does it, but but they they riff on that several times, where you see, you know, what is your name, and then the mouth moves for like twelve seconds, and you hear <laughs> Dave, you know, and it's just you know, it seems very discordant. Um, okay, but, but, so you but have that, that with a lot. Yeah, you have that as well. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so now my question is the, the, the article is making some distinction or, or some significant difference between licensing the likeness rights and paying him for permission to use his face. Right. I don't really see much of a difference. I mean, from my familiarity with likeness rights and I have sued a major motion, a major motion picture distributor, uh, and, and got to a settlement for my likeness rights. Um, what? Yeah, this is it's, a long, it's a long story, uh, <laughs> and I'm not supposed to talk about it due to the terms of the settlement. But 
<laughs> you can't just throw that out there and have some follow up. But yes, they okay, used me. They used me. They didn't pay me. I demanded that they pay me. We said, okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, and uh, the way I understand it, likeness rights mean you own the way you look. And to some extent, that's also carried over into voice as well, because, you know, it, the intellectual property was the concept was created prior to audio recording. Um, but uh, you own how you appear. Therefore, somebody taking your appearance and putting it on a T-shirt and selling the T-shirts or putting it in a movie or whatever owes you something. If it's for commercial purposes, there are limitations on that, such as uh, academic use or um, uh, use of the press. So if it's news, if you're in public and you're walking down the street, paparazzi can take your picture all day long and use it to sell magazines. That's that's completely legit. But when you're using it in a commercial enterprise, either selling tickets to a movie or a TV show or advertising, then you can say, no, that's me. You owe me restitution for that. Right. Right. What I don't understand is why they're making some distinction between saying deep cake does not own it all there's all they seem to be saying is we didn't buy a long-term contract with mr willis all we did was buy a one-off why is why is that distinction a big deal i think it's a big deal because the original article that implied that they had this model of him meant that they could use him in perpetuity for any number of other projects. In other words, if, if you wanted for Bruce Willis to appear in Die Hard 18 coming out in summer of 2072, when Bruce is long gone, you can license this, you know, the, the actor's likeness, the, 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 the 3D model, the deep fake of Bruce Willis, and insert him into your movie as long as you pay the licensing fees. Um, so that was what it originally sounded like. And that was what was really most interesting to me was because, gosh, if you can start licensing your image who, uh, who who knows what what's going to happen with it, what's going to you know what's going to be used for can anybody license it you know if i want to um uh, create a home video and, and insert bruce willis in it to make it look like he was at my son's birthday party can i do that you know <laughs> all, all, all these types of things so i think that that's the distinction and that's the reason that it, it was they wanted to clarify that no that's not actually what is happening here but then that leads me to think okay but but why not? It, yeah, that, that means it could happen at some point in the future. It, just because yeah. there's no laws or copyright in place now, somebody's working on it. <laughs> and you know it's going to be coming around. And you called out a, a particular line in that article which I, where they said that's not possible. Mm -hmm. Why why isn't it? I don't, I don't understand. I mean, if an actor can sign to a, a theater run of, mm -hmm. of a play for three right. months, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be in multiple appearances and they're contracted to do that. Why not be able to sell your likeness rights for an extended period of time? If not perpetuity, then a defined period. I don't understand what the problem is. And for the actor, I see nothing but benefit there. On the one hand, yes, overuse of it is going to distill down the value. But on the other hand, if you lock in the rate at the beginning, even mm -hmm. if you have some crappy movies or you end up being untouchable in public because you do something like kick your dog, you know, you've locked in that rate. You've already got the you've secured the value over the long term. And right. you don't have to show up to do all that filming. You don't have to actually go anywhere. Or be, you know, the, 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 some the, the love. lifted. 
yeah. some poor schlub that has your same body type is wearing a green face mask <laughs> and is and is actually on set, and then his face is is uh, superimposed with whoever you know the person. But that is. already happens. But see, yeah. but that's already going on in films. The body doubles are the people who sit in the place while they get the camera and the lighting show up. They sit there for hours. Then the star shows up, does a thirty second take, and boom, they're done. Um, <laughs> you know, so so that's already a thing. Maybe just to, to clarify, I think for the facial expression, it's not just a green face. I think they have the dots on the face as well so okay, that they okay. can yeah. capture the facial expressions. And maybe the person already says it as well so that yeah. the other person can actually react to it. If you've seen how movies nowadays are sometimes made, especially all their Marvel things, it's like if you see that behind the scenes where they're all fighting against air, I think this is yeah. such a hard, a lot of respect for those actors because this actually is acting. If you have nothing mm -hmm. to touch and nothing to actually act against, you know, uh -huh. where where the 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 other person swinging his whatever sword, and you don't right. even see it, and you have to react to something. I think that's that's of course um, actual work, but it's like not what it what it feels like for me, what this actually is supposed to be. So like, if you have somebody who's doing like the body impersonation, if that person can act at least as much as that, they say the lines <laughs> so that they can grab the expressions from yeah. their face. I think that would be already, and maybe this is a new job for people. I don't know. People who are like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 again, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not seeing a downside. I, I've got a friend in the entertainment industry who does a lot of body work, a lot of motion work with actors. He, he, he's okay. a classically trained mime, mm. and he teaches them how to do certain movements to express certain things. And this, and he's done it for both CGI and he's done it for live action films and television and theater. And and I could see a, a perfect niche here. You know, Rafti, you said you didn't think that the the advertisement captured Bruce Willis. One of the things that blew me away with the with the ad, his smirk. I mean, <laughs> that's true. That is such a Bruce Willis conveying expression. I think they really nailed that down. That's you know because that's very particular to him. It's what we mm -hmm. expect him to see him do. You know, yeah. yeah but yeah. maybe that's not then like uh imposed onto the face as i said like maybe that's more like what matt is saying like with the green screen head because that smirk probably then is not taken from an actual expression it's maybe a recreation of the footage they had yeah it's just so then though back to your point of okay what's the downside of this okay let's say that you you're the executive running deep cake and you do secure a permanent license to insert Bruce Willis, and you can you can then transfer you, you you can you you can lease out your model of Bruce Willis to anybody with with, with money. I think that the the downside of it is how do you the the, the actor no longer has any control over uh, what they're appearing in. And of course, that means that they can be made to appear in things that they don't necessarily agree with, or a project that they wouldn't take. And like you said, bad movies and stuff like that. Okay, that's that, that, that's one thing. But the other thing is, how, how do you how do you recall? How do you uh, th those licensing rights? How do you put an end to them? How do you because because it's digital? Because you you bring up the theater uh, analogy. Okay, this person is uh, contracted to show up in this theater for the next three months. Okay, that's the physical presence. Once the physical presence is no longer required, and it's it's just bits and bytes. It's just a a, a CD-ROM with uh, you know a model of, of Bruce Willis's head. 
what if somebody gets a copy of that and then they start using it? And, and, other, and in other words, it doesn't become a licensing issue or anything like that, but the actor is all of a sudden uh, ha showing up in lots of stuff and, and, and he has no way to recall or get back and he's having to release statement after statement after statement. No, I, I, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't give permission for that, stuff like that. It's but that's happening now anyway. I mean, I mean, you know, th that's how our conversation began about the deep fake concept is people are amateurs are doing this already. I've heard rumors. I'm not sure I can verify this, but popular actresses are being applied to pornographic films right. such as, that it look I mean, and that there's an entire market for this. So yeah. that's already occurring. And I'm sure those actresses are taking whatever legal action they can without trying to trigger the Streisand effect, which is just <laughs> gonna, you know, conflate all attention. those yeah. issues. But but that's already happening. So in terms of the licensing thing, I still don't see it as a downside, especially mm -hmm. when you can structure your contract in selling your likeness rights the same way you can pick which movie projects you're gonna work for. You yeah. can say, you can use my likeness for beer ads, but you can't use it for ads for CBD. Or mm -hmm. you can use it for for doing animal movies, but you can't use it for uh, supporting the KKK. You know, mm -hmm. And you can structure all these things. Yeah. Now, what you're saying is, the downside might be that a project that they work in now, 20 years from now, will be cancelable because mm. they can't consider the outcome. But again, that's still already occurring now. If you look at some of the the recent foo around Lawrence Olivier's portrayal of um, uh, Othello, which he did in blackface. Oh, uh -huh. at the time. Uh, Sir Lawrence was not in any way trying to demean anyone or degrade anyone, but today it looks very disconcerting and bringing that film into, say, an academic setting would be somewhat questionable. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be true regardless of whether it's CGI or whether it's the real actor. Yeah, yeah. I think what it all boils down to is the lawyers just haven't drafted the contracts yet. That's the only reason it's not a thing yet because uh, entertainment lawyers, as I'm sure you're aware, since you've had some dealing with the entertainment industry, uh, have very thorough, very, very, very binding. Um, they think of every possible outcome, you know, all the upsides, all the downsides when they craft these contracts um, from a legal perspective. And they just haven't gotten around to this yet because they prob they're probably trying to figure out, okay, what, what are the downsides that could come from, from all this? And that's why I think, yeah, it's it's not a thing yet, but it will be once the lawyers figure it out. And and yeah, I, I have no doubt that it's going to be coming along. But yeah, and, and, and they should be forward looking. I mean, I remember the episode of Thirty Rock. I don't know if you ever watched that show, where uh, Alec Baldwin, the ostensible head of NBC, knows that he's got the back catalog of Jerry Seinfeld from the Seinfeld show, and he starts putting it into all his family. There you go, Rocky's a <laughs> Rocky's big fan. He's got the box set right there within reach of the camera. <laughs> and he starts interspersing Seinfeld into a bunch of other NBC shows, <laughs> which, which is hilarious. Uh, it's a great episode. I highly uh -huh. recommend it. Um, and so it's, the idea has been around for a while. Yeah. In fact, Bruce Willis starred in a horribly crappy film about using um, 
it wasn't so much the CGI. It, I'm trying to remember the term that they used. It, 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 it was it was using virtual bots that could mm-hmm. take on an appearance so that your avatar in the real world would walk around with, with your face or whatever. But you could de-age it or you could change it or you could do whatever you want with it. That that was a movie already. That was a movie from 15 years ago, I think. Um, I think I know it, but I I don't. It was horrible. It was. Have you have you you know the one I'm talking about, Rafty? I I some vague ideas, but no, I I don't. I'm going to look it up right now. It's going to be hard because Bruce Willis has so many credits, both virtual and real. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> let me let me then uh, ask the two of you because, like you you said, um, of course that this. Uh, copyright applied to image and stuff but also to voice and of course the three of us on a podcast right now have you thought about and did we talk about this in the last one or didn't we we did okay you brought your opinions where you can make somebody say something with the soundboard sure (laughs) that that of course as well i can also take a clip of course but do you think like are you thinking about this while putting out um your voice every week Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, with with any sufficient AI and and sound editing software, yeah, we've got hours. Ben especially has hours and hours and hours of his his voice. If you fed all that into a, a program, yeah, you could make Ben virtually say anything. And it's not, you know, I, I think we had that conversation once several weeks ago where it's not copy paste. It's actually creating the 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 words yeah. and the sentences as if they were being spoken for real. So yeah, that's all. Um, and that should be well. sailed. Yeah. I mean, for us to try to contain that, we'd have to never do a podcast, yeah. never do public speaking. I mean, it just it would not be feasible at this point to try to 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 restrain that. Now, if the law supports us taking civil action against someone who tries to commercialize our voices, great. But if someone wants to try to smear us or slur us by making us say really despicable things, well. The only defense on that is, you know, ho- hopefully our integrity and our believability, our believability is enough to overcome those public assertions. We'd, we'd have to counter it ourselves personally. The film is called Surrogates. I okay. do not recommend it. It is, it is quite bad. But, but, the top, but like I said, the topic's been around. It's been around in science fiction forever as well. Um, yeah. Is it a zero or one on the binary scale? Just... Oh, it's the minus one. <laughs> that's, that's not a one. thing. That's no, a it's a zero. It's a big fat zero. It's really not good, uh, which is a shame. It had a high production value, and the concept was interesting, but they just had nowhere to go with it, and they got really preachy and kind of... Yeah. The, 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 the end state of the rationale is be what you really are. Don't try to be anything better. Oh, and I don't, okay. I don't really like that message at all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, back to the whole voice thing, um, completely separate. And I hadn't, I hadn't mentioned any of this, but um, James Earl Jones has now has actually licensed his voice to uh, the Disney company for the Star Wars um, yep. franchise, so that uh, uh, Darth Vader from from here on out will be James Earl Jones's actual voice um, run through an AI program. But of course, very limited. Just what you said, Ben. Very limited. It's to one company and for one role in one franchise. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's one very, yeah, 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 one character. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, and of course, like with a character like Darth Vader, where you never see the face, and it's basically like you can put anybody in there now. 
Um, yeah, Hayden that, Christensen that is now. <laughs> Again? Hey, hey, the actor Hayden Christensen is playing Darth Vader now. The guy who played Anakin Skywalker is now actually playing Darth Vader. In the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series, You've it, it's actually Hayden Christensen in the, the Vader outfit. Which I, I don't want to brag, but... Um, yeah, I've still got my my Darth Vader, my full size Darth Vader, and and Halloween's coming up, and I will be in my Vader outfit. Well, again. soon Disney <laughs> will be selling the voice that uh-huh. you can add to your costume. Exactly, I know and you that can would trick or treat. <laughs> that would be so awesome to to have some little hidden uh, keypad to to trigger yeah uh, uh, Vader actually saying things and saying things in real time through the mask. Uh, Do you know, not make me treat you again. <laughs> <laughs> responding to kids trying to run up yeah, and press buttons yeah, and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 again, I don't I don't really see this as deplorable. Uh, what Yeah, was I don't it, think Was it a joke so or was it for real that you could use Samuel Jackson doing the Siri or your GPS? Oh, that was yeah. real. Turn left, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Waze does this. Uh, oh, do the, they? Okay. The, the, they, the they actually have? Now that, yeah, that's not AI generated. That's actually some actor Him recording goes a bunch into of a studio and saying, yeah, turn yeah. left, turn right in, in 100 meters, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, uh, every now and then Waze, which I use pretty extensively, which is a huge privacy concern. That's a whole other uh, episode we need to talk about at some point is GPS and how it's uh, lack of privacy. But nonetheless, it's very useful technology. <laughs> but yeah, they um, Waze every now and then will pop up and say, oh, do you want uh, a, a Euro pop band to, to say your directions to you? <laughs> or Which I actually did once on a trip to Florida, and it annoyed the crap out of my kids to the point that they were like, please, police up ahead, you know, stuff like that. That was good. <laughs> Going don't yeah, they have yeah. yoda isn't there a yeah, yoda yeah 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 Left, uh, you uh, should turn you know right. <laughs> correct i was about to say right but then i didn't want to turn <laughs> it into a whole <laughs> uh but yeah sam jackson yeah all that stuff but yeah again that's just actors reporting lines and it is actually just clipped up and um it's not ai generated to creating um, um all new uh content but um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, I, I still don't see a problem. All I see yeah. is upside for both the studios and the actors and people who want to enjoy James Earl Jones's voice as Darth Vader the way it should be, according <laughs> to, you know, all, all deep fanboys, right? Yeah. If we want to enjoy that for another 20 or 40 or 50 years, I don't see why that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. I think that the biggest thing just comes down to if if if, it, if I were the actor, which was never going to happen. If if I, if I were the actor providing my my likeness for something like this, I would just want to make sure that there were controls beyond just normal everyday copyright, beyond contract law. I, I would want to make sure that you know I ultimately had all control over what my digital persona was was actually doing. And maybe some actors don't feel that same way, uh, which is perfectly valid as well. But yeah, like I said, I think that it's all just you know making sure that the actors are protected, um, and the the digital studio is also protected, so they don't get ripped off, so that they don't have their their IP um, uh, redacted or, or uh, uh, taken back, but it, uh, uh, retracted by the the actor once they give their license over and stuff like that. So yeah, I see, and I can already imagine certain ways that this could be structured. You could assign a trustee to be your for lack of a better term, your surrogate mm-hmm. uh, in these transactions ad infinitum, and that trusteeship could be handed down, you know, hereditarily. Right, state. Yeah, it, it, so, it's like the same people who uh, uh, the Jimi Hendrix family who still owns his collection, and they re-release a greatest hits every five years, <laughs> or you know, 
I think the people who own Graceland are somehow related tangentially to Elvis or, uh-huh. you know, and, and as long as you can hand that thing off to some entity that's going to look out for your best interests, long after you're gone, what are your interests really? I don't, again, I don't see a problem there. Now you might get the dippy cousin who takes over the, the trusteeship <laughs> who just pours you out and you know, right. puts your image everywhere. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, I don't see a problem. What I, here, here, okay, now I'll tell you what will be the issue, and this will occur, because b- before the actors, agents, and attorneys catch up to this, the studios will have caught up to it. Mm-hmm. And what the studios will be doing in their contracts for young actors will be saying, not only are we going to take you for this part, we got you locked into a lifetime and post-lifetime contract sign here. Right. Otherwise, you don't get the part. It, yeah. It's yeah. just the same thing they do to young novelists, the same thing they do to young entertainers. It, it, this is nothing new in the industry. And you'll have to have some forward-thinking young people who will say, you know what, if you want my talent, you get it as a one-off. And as right. much as I don't like guilds and unions, I'm going to imagine that AFTRA and SAG will lobby heavily against this in the interest of their members. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree completely. Because if you get a young actor now, say uh, like Punky Brewster or uh, Henry Thomas, who was in E.T. or something like that, were this technology in place when they were popular back in the 80s and 90s, and, and now, that, you know, they, they you know, flash forward and they want to make a sequel 30 years later. Um, and, and they want to insert the, the actor as they used to look because there's a flashback scene or something like that. Yeah, they uh, if, if the studio writes the language in to, to to that contract early enough, yeah, they can then keep on exploiting that that child actor at that age, long after that child actor has grown into an adult and possibly even passed on or something like that. So, and again, I as much as I see that as uh, kind of vulturish behavior on the part of the studios, and we're already just in, this is hypothetical we're talking about. I can also see where it, it could be useful to some actors in some points too. Mm-hmm. Uh, actor gets a starring role at nine years old, gets in a car accident at 17, can't walk again. Sure, but if the yeah. studio wants to age that character and use them in an action sequence, CGI'd be perfect for that. And, and, and I would think that'd be beneficial to the actor at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's certainly, you know, you, you, you can see both sides of it. There's, there, there are certainly lots of upsides for, for both the studios and for the actors. Um, but there are, I think, potential downsides where, you know, if you get if you get taken advantage of and, and if, if it's your likeness, <laughs> and you, you have no way to um, to take it back. <laughs> it's on your face as you walk around. So, uh, you know, that's that, that's always one of my biggest privacy concerns with anything. You know, uh, Joey and I have had this conversation and I've, I've told him in the past and Joey's not here, by the way, he's at a drinking at the uh, thing, <laughs> but, um, uh, I had the conversation with him where I said, I think that privacy will be one of the only forms of true currency that we have going into the future because, um, so few people have any privacy concerns right now, but, um, they, they give away their data so freely. And once it's out there, you can't take it back. Um, similar with, with, with this technology, once your likeness gets out there as a usable actor, uh, replacement head whatever it, uh, you can't take it back. I mean, it's, uh, uh, with, I mean, even if you disappeared or died or something like that, you can't take it back. And that's the only concern that I have is there's no way to, or no way that I can think of sitting here right now 
to say, I, 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 I want it back. You can say, you know, I want to pull the license for it. And Ben, you're wanting to say. <laughs> okay, so so I'm going to set aside the privacy thing for a moment, because I think if you go into the entertainment business, you've foregone the ability to maintain privacy. I think that's the trade-off. Um, but talking about pulling things back, and I don't want to veer the conversation in the episode totally away. There have been certain films I've looked for recently that seem to have been clawed back by someone or some entity such that it was very difficult for me to find a copy of those films. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Robin and I were watching the Benji's series. <laughs> after, yeah. the, after the second film, they tend to decline somewhat in quality. Uh, the third film has Chevy Chase, it has, um, uh, uh, oh my goodness, why am, why am I blanking on these names? Uh, Omar Sharif. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got... Uh, um, so it's got uh, some names. Yeah. Uh, what, who, who's the actress who plays in, in Live and Let Die? She's, uh, uh, she plays Solitaire, the character. What? Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. What the hell's her name? Oh, 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 not Angela Lansbury. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, shoot. Yeah, I, I I can see her face right in front of me. You know I who I'm talking about, right? Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, uh, Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. She's in this film. So yeah. this this was a big budget. You know, this was a significant film. It's got some great actors. Uh, it had the biggest star of its time in the movie, Benji. And mm -hmm. it's hard to find a copy of it. I am not exactly sure why. DVDs are selling on eBay for 60 bucks. Really? VHS tapes are going for equivalent amounts. Really? It's not available on streaming services. And this is not the only film like that. Um, now, some of the films that uh, I have looked up in, these same, um, in this same kind of genre, uh, certain of those films featured a young actor or actress in a nude scene. So I can understand why that actor would not want that film in wide distribution today. Um, but some of the films, there's no rhyme or reason as to why they're not available. Mm -hmm. uh, some yeah. of them, some of them. Say, there's another one called uh, Dogma. Kevin Smith's Dogma is, yes. is, is the same way. It's not available yep. anywhere unless you are, unless you bought a copy in the 1990s, which I Correct. did. I still got mine. <laughs> yep. So if you ever want a copy of Dogma, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Great film, by the way. And and but same uh, thing. It's not available because it, because of ownership and licensing rights. Uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein owns it. And I think there's certain films where there's a problem between changing media, where the licensing rights for the music, the soundtrack in particular, mm -hmm. were signed for a TV show but not for a film, or yeah. or for a film but not for streaming. And the contracts were very specific, and therefore it limits how they're distributed. Um, you know, so in terms of being able to claw stuff back, I think there still is that capability. There's a legal mechanism for doing that in terms of piracy and in terms of amateur. No, you're right. You know, as we keep saying, that ship has sailed. Someone wants to soundboard our voices. They're going to have Rafti talking about uh, how great Donald Trump is and how he thinks you should vote for him next time. <laughs> 
yeah. will happen. So, is what yeah, I'm something that, that that Rafti would never say on his own can be generated through. <laughs> I don't know if he if Rafti's giving me that look because he has said those things or <laughs> because <laughs> I'm just know. not. I, I'm just not into American polit politics. <laughs> I, I just uh, you you do you over there. <laughs> See now uh, you've just given them the word American politics. Now or, you know that's another clip they're going to be able to use to inject into oh, their no. advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> no. Don't say um, Donald Trump. Don't. He already had. I I think I did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But just just um to to get back to this. Um, yes, this actually is, of course, uh, a situation um, with all those things going away. And um, yeah, I, I already found a couple of things as well where I was not aware that this is going to be bought by a different company and they are taking this stuff out as well. I know, for instance, um, back in the day, uh, MGM, I think, the, the ones with the lion in the, mm -hmm. in the beginning, yeah, they, they got the bought by Amazon, I think, a couple of years ago. And a lot of their uh, like IP stuff has dwindled away and is not being produced. Or pr like the CDs or DVD, uh, DVDs are not printed anymore. And so they're not... They're trying stamped. to choke and constrain through only the streaming service? Is that what you're trying to say? So that I'm, their delivery mechanism becomes the only delivery mechanism? This is something that you're saying, yeah. But I wanted to get... Uh, one of the series uh, that MGM like produced back in the day, and it's like 300 euros on the Austrian versions of Greg Greg's List or like um, eBay. We do have as well and stuff. It's like it's what is going on here, you know? <laughs> um, and it's not available on streaming yet. Um, this I found out as well. I I don't know why, but I was not able to find it. I I, I can rent it, of course, but I want to like either watch it for free with prime which i already have or i want to own the dvd so i can keep on watching it even if they decide to take it away again you know and, yeah. and i think we've talked about that on this show already how having a good physical backup is kind of a a, a bulwark against someone saying oh that title's no longer available yep yeah yeah netflix sends a, uh an email every month of uh what titles are are newly available and what titles are no longer available and yeah if it's one of those that you that you really wanted to see but uh, has been pulled off okay sorry you're out of luck you gotta find some other way and that other way usually involves going to um, a pawn store or a used uh, video store and finding a physical copy of it and luckily there's enough luddites like us who've kept those things yeah <laughs> you, know, you know what i'm saying i mean I, they, they still exist that i yep. love the tangible you know we got books all of us have books on our shelf yep. well you know matt's got booze on the shelf behind him but... <laughs> labels are reading <laughs> the labels you have the physical <laughs> bottle it's not a virtual bottle yeah yeah all right well so... matt thank you for bringing this this to our attention i i love this sure. stuff I, this is a lot more philosophical it's not as technical but i think it's still very um essential to our yeah. to our industry in terms of assets with value and and how their digital um spread is is going to be difficult to secure yeah Afti, yeah. there's something you wanted to finish with yeah i'm just like because you said to our industry is this something you think like a, a CISO? is this part of the CISO's responsibility um do they need a disaster recovery for stuff like this is this um i mean it depends on the size of the business of course but like 
um, like securing those digital assets um, inside the company? Like, I don't know, like having if, copies if of C if CISOs are not already highly aware of how their digital assets also have value in terms of perception and goodwill and how their brand could be misused, if they're not already thinking those things, they're missing out in an entire area of uh, <laughs> threats and vulnerabilities. So they yeah. better be. They better be. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think this is new, but, you know, it's something they should definitely be aware of. Yeah, but in general, you 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 would agree that the burden then is with legal afterwards, of course. Absolutely, like that, that's the only is... recourse. Yeah, yeah. You can't you yeah. can't go take down a site that's doing a parody of your likeness. You know, that's unless you're the police, and that's a story we should do in a future one. <laughs> How the Onion's recent brief as an amicus to a court case is one of the funniest things they've written in years. <laughs> we need to get to that. Oh, also speaking of CISOs, just a quick update on one of our previous episodes. The former Uber CISO has been found guilty on two charges, one obstruction of justice and the other was fraud, I wanna say. Okay. Um, potentially eight years in prison. Uh, sentence. The sentence has not come down, just the, the decision. Okay. So yeah, and, and like we said in that episode, so real real world punishments for something that someone was doing in the interest of their 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 employer. <laughs> Theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, see being a CISO sure doesn't look like a, a great job right now. <laughs> I'm not signing up anytime soon. Yeah. All right. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, until next time, I'm Ben Malisa. And I'm Matt Snotty. And I'm Raphael Fiedler. Join us again next week for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec. Hello, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, or other InfoSec certifications? Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com spelled w-a-n-n-a-b-e-a-c-i-s-s-p dot com engage with us on discord do a search for wannabeacissp feedback or questions on what we discuss send a good old-fashioned email to ben at ben at benmaliso.com you may hear your feedback on a future show we are all working professionals in the InfoSec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. All opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies or employers.